guys. Happy New Year. This is January 1st, and uh, this is Unleashed. And if you don't um, know us very well and you're just tuning in, um, one of the things we always say is we are the resistance, and we are glad to have you with us in this new year. Eric, um, I got a question for you today. We're going to start with that. Rather than you asking me one, I'm going to flip this, the, the, uh, the uh, tables here a little bit. Uh-oh. First of all, do you ever watch those television shows like at the end of the year that that show all the like stuff that happened in the last year? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Isn't it, it is crazy. Oh my gosh! Because you, you don't realize you're like, well, that was that this year. I mean, it, I know. Yeah, the, it's uh, wow. And, and then I always like find out about like somebody died that I somehow I missed it. You yeah, know? it's like they're they're gone. Right. Weird. Yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah, it's just who Matthew Perry passed away. They're like. Was it like maybe six weeks ago or something? From I think friends. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just some crazy stuff. Well, let me let me ask you a question. Okay. So my question for you today, and this will be in honor of today being like what everybody does with their New Year's resolutions. Do you do those? Not really. Yeah. I I never have. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not real big on resolutions either. No. Yeah, I think the reason is because I know, you know, you can you can be inspired, you can be motivated to do something. But if, if somehow it isn't integrated into your life in such a way that it's almost like you have to have it, yeah. you're not going to do it. Well, so the only the only kind of a resolution, it's not even a resolution, but like a little goal that I set uh, like a month ago was I wanted to put 500 miles on my bike before the end of this year, and I'm at 450. <laughs> so, and, and what's the weather like? I know. I know. I've got one of those bikes like in my house. You can come like pedal that. And... Oh, we have a Peloton. Oh, do you? Oh, wow. Yeah, that that doesn't count. I, uh, I just my outside road bike. Like I'm gonna put 500 miles on it gotcha. this year. Okay. So mm, you you better get on it. I know it's cold. I know. I, hey, I even bought the ski goggles and everything, so I don't oh, freeze it. But I'm right by the Moan. I hop on the Moan on trail and just go. Oh yeah, that's. I forgot you lived down there in Indianapolis yeah. in that area. That's a pretty area down there. Yeah, it's nice. The Monon's fantastic. Yeah, we went down and, and uh, watched the fireworks down there this year. It was pretty impressive. Well, hey, today, uh, what we want to talk about, you know, is really about, you know, what can we learn from, like, looking at our past? And I'm not talking about, you know, bringing up stuff that's going to cause you trauma, but I think it's important to look in the mirror, to look at, you know, the last year, what we've done, you know, what did we hope to accomplish um, and, and you heard me talk a minute ago about like, you know, New Year's resolutions. I'm not real big on, on that because here's, here's what I really think about. Um, if, you're, if you're waiting for motivation or inspiration, now I'm not saying that I don't, you know, listen to podcasts. Obviously I'm doing one and I hope you're getting inspired from that. But like when I'm working out or something up in my, I've got a workout room in my house, you know, sometimes I'll put on something motivational just for the moment because I love to have my tank filled a little bit. But I want you to to notice something. When I said when I'm in my workout room working out, I'll put on something like that to fill my tank. But here's the thing. I was in that workout room before I got motivated, before I got inspired. Why? Because here's what, in my life, the way that things seem to be the most effective with me is inspiration and motivation are absolutely important. But what overrides that stuff? It's discipline. Because when I get up, I know like in the morning, my routine, what I'm going to eat, like um, like oatmeal with protein powder and blueberries or no or whatever and get my morning cup of coffee and then get ready to, to take my pre-workout drink and stretch and do all that stuff to get ready. Because that's, that's as important, you know, as, as, the, as the workout is as, part, as far as the discipline, giving my body what it needs. So for me, it's that discipline of every day. I know exactly what I'm going to do. It becomes a part of my routine. 
So for me, again, that's the way that I, I end up achieving the goals. I, I get people all the time. I don't know if you ever have, Eric, people come up and they go, man, you know, I, I want to start a workout program. Like, what's the best workout? Yeah, I get, yeah. these real general, broad. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and you're like, okay, I mean, you can look at P90X, you can get Pilates. Here's what I tell them, whatever one you'll do. That's, you nailed it. Yeah. I mean, whatever one you're going to do is going to be the best one for you. So you've got to kind of figure out, you know, for you, where you are, maybe age-wise, you know, physically, you know, mentally, all those things, what is going to be time schedule, you know, what's going to be the best one for you. But I want to encourage you, you know, today, um, you know, New Year's, to get that as a part of your discipline, your routine, because it is going to be so important, you know, um, emotionally, physically, spiritually, all that stuff to be able to achieve, you know, in this next year, some of those goals that maybe that, that you had, um, you know, this podcast, you know, Eric, we talked about this like over a year ago. And right. yeah. And so we, when did we start this in sep- beginning of September? I think this is episode, what is this? 24. I, we need one of those videos. Yeah. What happened in 2023? <laughs> the uh, podcast started. Uh, I, and I, I couldn't tell you. It's funny. You think back about, you know, the beginning of the podcast and actually it went pretty smooth. You know, we only really had a couple little interruptions, somebody coming and banging on the window mm-hmm. or trying to record or something. Or well, You were in the hospital, though. That was 2023. That was big for you. Yeah, that was. Yep. Yeah, I was yeah. in, but it wasn't as scary as yours. Good. Yeah. So let's get let's get busy eating right and exercising, getting our heads straight so we can achieve the stuff we want to do. So anyhow, so let's look at, at, at this how we can apply this today, maybe through this, the door of adventure, like I want to kind of start with, like I usually try to do, and then bring it back to some things that are, you know, practical in our everyday life. Um, but, you know, looking at the wrong stuff, when you're looking back over your year, if, if you're looking at the, at the wrong things, if you look at something and you go, you know, I, I failed at that. Wow, that was, that was, a, that was a big, miserable mistake. Um, you got to be real careful what you're looking at because it can affect your mood, you know, which can affect your productivity, you know, your confidence, your relationships, um, your success. So one of the things my wife will always say to me is this. She'll say, you know, sometimes I wish you would think about the way you want to create a date for us as much as you pursue the way you plan for a hunt. And there is a lot of truth in that. And I think for you guys that are hunters out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We'll go to the nth degree to make sure we've got the latest, greatest, you know, whatever it is. And it's not just like a a one or two or three month season. It's something that we think about year round because it's something that we are passionate about. So this this last year or what we're looking at now is in the rearview mirror. I had a buddy of mine, uh, Tim, and he said, hey, if you could go on a hunt anywhere, you know, or for any animal, what would it want to be? Well, of course, my first thought is, well, I mean, brown bear, I want to do a brown bear hunt, but that's crazy expensive. I mean, it's just, it just really is. And, and time frame and everything, I just didn't have it. And he said, how about black bear? He said, let's, let's drive up to Canada. I've got some buddies I go with every year. And so I'm like, I'm not turning that down. What a gift. So we did. So, you know, you got to remember when you're getting, you know, we're bow hunters, so we're, we're practicing, you know, a long time before the season's getting here, planning everything and making sure we have the right camo for the weather, have every base is covered, you know, and um, everything is stored in plastic tubs and scent free and making sure we have the right snacks and I'm going to be filming. So I've got all the right camo gear. My ba- batteries are all charged. So we, we get all the way through customs. We get to the, uh, the camp 
And the first thing we do is, you know, unpack everything. Everything has a place. We're disciplined in how we do this because we know the last thing you want to do when you're on a hunt like this is you don't want to know is, man, where did I put those gloves? Where did I put that hat? Where did I put my license? You know, all these things. So everything has a place. It doesn't mean that it always stays there by about the third day of the hunt. And you guys know what I'm talking about. All of a sudden, you're like digging through your tub and going, man, where did I put, you know, and everybody's laughing at you. But so we get out there the very first day. Now, here's the thing. Here's how well-planned it is. Everyone knows exactly where they're going to be going. Um, there's different stands. We had to drive like 40 minutes to an hour um, from the cabin just to get to each place. So we have to be, you know, um, with our time, we have to be really careful how much time we take getting ready to get there. So before we ever go to that stand, we have a guide that knows the area that takes each one of us to the stand. And he walks us to it and he shows us the entrance and the exit, um, where the bears are usually coming from or whatever. And so we know where we are going. We have a plan. And then we, we carpool. We'll put two or three of us in a vehicle and the first guy will, you know, we'll drop him off and he'll go back and we'll tell you we'll meet at a certain time, be out by the road. And so we, ha we have a plan. We know where everyone is. We have our names written down on a chart, who's hunting what stand. Each stand has a name. So we get in there on the very first night. Now, one of the things that I wasn't planning on, I wasn't planning on having like what I would say like a target bear, you know, a bear that's going to be, you know, 400 pounds. I wasn't expecting anything, you know, like that in the first day because you're going in, you're kind of messing things up a little bit with your sound, your scent. And I get up in my stand and the first thing, the first thing that I noticed actually was I looked down at the base of my stand and I, had, I was hearing this sound. It was like, I, I, I couldn't even describe it. It was this constant hum. And I looked down at the bottom of my stand and there is one of those, you know, beehives in the ground and there's thousands of bees just swarming and they're going around my neck and my head and I'm going, man, this is going to be a distraction. And it was, it was just kind of a really unnerving thing. And I'll tell you why in just a minute. So I'm, I'm up in my stand, not thinking anything is going to be coming by. And all of a sudden out of my peripheral, I see this massive black shadow. And here comes this, you know, 400 pound, you know, and I'm looking, wait, is this a sow? Is it a boar? You're doing everything when you're bear hunting. You want to look at the skull. You want to look at the sag of the belly. You want to look at the walk, the waddle, you know, the hindquarters, because we're really trying to target, you know, shooting a boar, um, you know, not a female. So this thing's coming in. And by the time that I take the time to judge what I'm looking at, realizing that, that females really aren't going to get that big, it's going to be a male. I have already blown it because I wasn't really thinking ahead. I wasn't ready. And so the thing ends up, you know, sauntering off. And that was the end of my, my first day's hunt. So I get out to the road and Tim picks me up in the truck. And as we're coming out, you know, we don't have good cell signal. We get this first text. And in the text, it says, hey, I'm, I'm not going to say that the guy's name that was with us, but he, he's injured. And so we're trying to figure out, you know, what happened? You know, what, what did he get attacked? I mean, we know there's wolves in the area. There's all kinds of stuff. And then we get another message that comes through, but it's kind of vague. It says, you know, he, he, he got stabbed. Like, got stabbed? Did he fall out of his tree somehow and he fell on his knife? You know, did he, did he harvest a bear and he was, you know, he stuck himself? I mean, I've done stuff like that when I'm, you know, I'm gutting him out. We can't figure it out. We're not getting details. And then we get the next message saying, hey, there's an ambulance and police here. Come to where we are. It's the opposite direction where we've been. It's about a 20-more-minute drive. And we pass the ambulance on the way out, and they won't give us any details, you know, because of HIPAA and everything. They're not going to let us know what's going on. 
So we go the rest of the way to where the guys are. And they said, man, he said, and it was pitch black. I mean, this is the darkest night I've ever been in in my life. We were sitting in the truck. And when we shut it off, you couldn't see your hand three inches in front of your face, just pitch black. And so the guys are all kind of gathering around. What had happened was the guy had shot a bear. And as he was tracking the bear, he had tripped on a log and there was a broken branch sticking out and he put it into his leg and he was literally bleeding out. They had to take a World War II gurney and get down in the woods and get him out of there. And as we you know, got there, the ambulance had just taken him. So now, you know, the team is now down in the woods. We're tracking the bear. And there was, there was honestly, Eric, there was more blood from him by far than there was the bear. So we knew he was in real trouble. Yeah, that had to be scary. Oh gosh. I mean, and cause you're, I mean, we're a long ways. We're an hour away from the nearest hospital and we're way back in the, in the boonies here. So we get them out, you know, and then we have to, you know, find the bear and dispatch of the bear and get everything out. But the reason that everything worked is because we were disciplined enough to follow through with the plan that we had. We knew where everyone was going to be hunting. And if anything did happen, there was going to be a rescue team. There was, I mean, crazy, nothing like that. I've ever been on a hunt. It's ever happened like that. I mean, I've been in some some bad situations, but not where I had to have a, a rescue team come in. But what would happen in, in other things in our life, right? If we took some things as serious as as we did, um, and let me speak to myself here, as I did that bear hunt, what could be different? You know, looking at 2024 and what we're going to be, you know, coming on is is looking at that, that this year is going to be something that I want to be so focused in, in an area that is really important that I can be successful at it and not get distracted by the peripheral, like that bear coming in. I was looking at the bees, which totally distracted me from looking at the bear. And, it, you know, if, if you've lived long enough, you know that anything that is worth having is, is going to take a lot of work, and it's going to be focused work. I made a, a, a Facebook post um, maybe two or three days ago. I don't know what it was. And uh, here, I've got a copy of it. Let me, let me read it to you. It says, um, delayed gratification is the process of doing something repeatedly for a sustained period of time to get a desired result that is not immediate. It's the act of resisting an impulse to take an, an immediately available reward in the hope of obtaining a more valued reward in the future. And I was kind of mentioning to you, I, I said, you know, two examples of things that I love doing are bow hunting and weight training. We just kind of just touched on those. You know, I've been doing them for a lot of years, and both of them require patience, hard work, and a lot of discipline. And what that means is it's training your brain to put your body through things that your body wouldn't choose, right? I mean, you know, sometimes weight training is hard. It does not feel good. So you're training your brain to put your body through things that, you're, that your body wouldn't choose. And nothing happens quickly in, in either one of these things. Hunting can be, you know, a lot of patience. The same with weight training to get the growth. But the beautiful thing is both of those things create resilience um, in the face of adversity. So at a time when we've got like 95% of the population that's living for the moment, you know, for that immediate gratification, we have got to learn resilience and patience. It's, it's really, it's core to life. It creates focused tension towards a, a future goal, and it brings with it a feeling of purpose and accomplishment that brings meaning to the struggle. You, you know, like if you've lifted weights and you finally start getting some gains and you're losing some body fat and building some muscle and you look in the mirror, someone notices something, you, you see that, that that long process, you know, it wasn't overnight, there's a gratification because you achieved a goal that you, you said, I am doing this no matter what. So it's it's finding purpose, you know, it's through finding purpose that you will obtain the strength and the will to persist and pursue 
and where you can choose and embrace delayed gratification over the immediate and which is which is honestly a lesser reward so the more valued reward is is worth the work and the wait but how many let me let me ask you this i was i was just watching this clip the other day cuz i was thinking about um you know what's this next year going to look like how can i get focused on something and get myself broken out of those normal patterns those neural pathways that we get stuck in and i was i was going through some reels and i came across um city slickers who was that was that billy crystal yeah billy crystal jack palance was jack palance kind of the old cowboy yes yep and the, and the guy from home alone right what's his name i can't i can see him not macaulay called uh the the dad or whatever well he was one of the burglars the curly hair oh that's right and they both went on this trip up into the yeah yeah out west or wherever it was but billy i remember this billy crystal was he was like searching for more in his life um you know he was trying to find something to make him feel alive i know that's how bear hunts make me feel i love when i get a chance to do something to hunt that can actually hunt you which is kind of fun but um but they were trying to find something to 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 find purpose basically you know in their life and I was watching the scene where Billy Crystal and Jack Palance are riding horses alongside of each other. And I can't remember what Billy Crystal's name was in the movie. Cur- not Curly. That was the... But he, he's talking to... Maybe it was, was Curly the Jack Palance? I can't remember what his name was. But he's, he's talking to him and he says, you know, did you ever find love in your life? And the old cowboy says, yeah, once. He's like, once? He says, yeah, I saw this girl down in the field and I fell in love with just looking at her. He says, well, did you pursue her? He says, no, I rode away. <laughs> he said, why? You might have just missed the biggest you know, thing in your life. And he's like, yeah. He says, no, I, I, I fell in love with her. I didn't need anything more. And he, I, basically, he says, I love being a cowboy. He says, you don't find very many of us left, and I'm, I'm good with my purpose, and uh, that's where I'm happiest. And so as they're riding, they get into this conversation about purpose. And Jack Palance, the cowboy, asks Billy, he says, he says, do you know what the secret of life is? And Billy just kind of shrugs his shoulders, and, and the cowboy holds up his hand and puts one finger, and he says, one thing, just one thing. And Billy doesn't know the answer to the question, you know, do you know what the secret of life is? He sees Jack put this one finger up, and he doesn't know what he's talking about. He says, what's the one thing? And the old cowboy responds with, that's what you and your friends have to figure out. You know, I, I was telling you at the beginning of each year, one of the things that I really do like to do is I like to look back over the past year and be honest with myself. Um, I'm going to be more honest with myself probably than anybody else's because I know me. Um, you know, did I have a plan? Did I work that plan? You know, was it effective? If it wasn't, why wasn't it effective? What do I need to do different this year, you know, to make the best progress you know, possible? I was thinking about this podcast for this next year. You know, some of the guests and some of the directions we, m- we might be able to go with this. But, you know, I've spoken before um, about COVID during the COVID years, how everything, and, and yours probably did too, everything changed overnight. Uh, for me being, a, you know, a speaker, everything got canceled. You know, I, I needed a plan. And so I, I reached out to a friend and I was talking to him, you know, I, what am I going to do with my time as this thing is going on? And he said, you know what, there's a book that I would love for you to read if you've never read it. It's by author Gary Keller and it's called The One Thing. And it's kind of funny, this video clip that we just talked about, you know, you've got to find that one thing, triggered me to go pull that book out again. And I opened it up, and it was just like yesterday. And I looked at the very first page, and the first page says, 
if you chase two rabbits, and that's all that's on the page, and you turn it, the second page says, you will not catch either one. It's an old Russian proverb. It says, you know, if you chase two rabbits, you will not catch either one. Now, what is it talking about? Well, if you've ever hunted rabbits, you know how they just take off in opposite directions. And if you start chasing both of them, you're not going to be able to catch one of them because you're not focused on staying on task. So I needed a plan of action. I needed to be focused on the most important thing. But here's the thing. If the most important thing is the most important thing, why would any of us try to do anything else at the same time? Let me say that again. If doing, if doing the most important thing is the most important thing, then why would we get sidetracked and do something different? You know, it's a question that we really do have to ask, you know, ourselves. I mean, my wife will tell you when it comes to like, like chasing different things, you know, I, I'm like squirrel. You know, I just, I get a good idea and like, hey, I want to follow that. And she'll tell you that when I try to do that, I mean, I stink at multitasking. I'm not a multitasker. Um, I get a lot of really good ideas going in my head and they can like come like firecrackers. But I struggle with picking just one of those things to focus on because I get like too many, you know, balls in the air at one time. I remember learning how to juggle one time and someone was teaching me how to be able to, to juggle and, you know, doing, you know, two was not really juggling, but, you know, you kind of start to learn. And then he would teach me how to do that third thing. Well, it was that third ball that would get me distracted, right? And so Keller says in his book, he says, when you think about multitasking, he says, let me tell you what my thought is about multitasking. He says, it's a lie. And here's how he explains it. He says, the word multitasking didn't even come on the scene until the 1960s. And even then, it wasn't talking about humans. It was talking about computers. You know, how they were, unlike humans, able to do a number of things at the same time. Now, you and I can walk and talk and chew gum at the same time, but what we can't do is focus, I mean, really focus on two things at once. You know, that's great. Computers can do that. They're built for that. But for us, we, we really just can't do it. And that's like when you hear a child, you know, being like left unattended in a hot car while the parent gets distracted in a store. It's because they had too many things going on at one time. You're thinking, how could you get that distracted? That's what happens to our brains if we get too many things going on. You know, it's, it's like when you think about two, two planes being cleared to land at the same time on the same runway. You know, it's how, how a husband can forget, like, um, something as important as a wedding anniversary. He gets too many things going on. You know, we get too easily distracted. And sometimes, I mean, it's got really serious consequences, especially if you forget your anniversary. Um, I was reading recently about Stephen King, the author. Um, you know, I don't know that I've ever really read any of his books I mean, I, I think he's had some movies and stuff made out of those books, but I don't, I don't really can even name one. I really, you, you got any, Eric, do you know any of those? Uh, okay. Hang on. Uh, was a needful things one? I don't know why I always, I like have that no movie. idea. Um, there's was children of the corn or some weird thing. It, it, it with the clown. Oh, that was him. I'm. Okay, hang on. Just give me, you continue on. I'll <laughs> yeah. pull this up in a second. Well, here, here's the thing about Stephen King. It was so cool when I was reading about him. He only works four hours a day. So it's like if he sets his alarm at 8 o'clock, or I mean for his work alarm, you know, and he's disciplined, he walks in there, he's, he's done at noon. But here's what he does. You're thinking, how can he, like, be one of the most, you know, accomplished authors in, you know, in the world? Well, it's because he gets rid of any distractions that are going to throw him off task. 
he stays focused on the main thing. Um, I know me sometimes, like, you know, I've written a few books, and when I'm writing, I have to be careful to not have my, my like, uh, a tab open on the laptop, like for social media, like Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or something, where I get tempted to want to take a little mental break and just start to scroll. Because as soon as I, I break that task that I'm doing by doing something like that, my mind is like, like I said, squirrel, you know, I just start going in another direction. And that focus that I had that was really creative and really getting some things done. Now my start and finish time just changed because I threw a wrench into it because I got distracted. Um, you know, I got to make sure I turn the ringer off, you know, on my phone, uh, any, any alerts, you know, for I'm going to be getting like a text, you know, or an email or those kind of things. And better even yet, maybe it's probably leaving it in a different room or maybe even just turning it off. And one of the hardest things I think for a lot of us to do that we have to get used to doing is we have to begin to, to value ourselves and our time and our purpose enough to set boundaries with others so that we're not getting disturbed, you know, during those hours. Um, and here's the thing with boundaries. If you start allowing them to be broken, they will continue to be broken because others won't respect your boundaries if you don't set them and keep them. If you don't have enough love and respect for yourself to believe that what you're doing is so important that you need to create a productive environment, you know, why would anybody else believe that it's important? Did you find anything? Okay. <clears throat> so I've got a few things here that I, I believe that you have seen a Stephen King movie that was a book. I, I'm going to name three that's probably going to capture a lot of the audience. Shawshank Redemption. Yes. That was him? Yes. Oh, Stand, wow. Stand By Me. Yes. Uh, okay, we'll do four. The Shining. Yes. The movie It. Jack. Yeah. yeah. The Green Mile. Oh yeah. So they they weren't all um, they weren't all um, like horror movies, but you know, Cujo and Pet Cemetery. Well, yeah, I remember all those are like when I was like teen, late teens or something. Yeah. Good night. I had no idea he's got yeah. that many big hits out. Misery was yeah. that? Yeah. Where it's like she breaks his legs. Breaks his legs. Crazy. Uh, yeah, there's, there's several. They're not all uh, horror movies, but and you're right, Children of the Corn was also one. Wow. Well, that's pretty crazy. I mean, it's not going to be I like I I need to be working on a new book right now, and I I've started it, but I I just there's too many things I need to stop and and figure out what is the most important thing for me in 2024. If that's one of them, then it will be. Um, but like my thoughts, like I said, I can get too many things going on, and I was reading that the average human has an average of four thousand thoughts a day flying around in their head. So you can see why we feel like we have to multitask. I mean, if we change our thoughts, you know, like every 14 seconds, which is what that average is out to, you can see why it's so hard to stay on task. You know, so the result is that we try to do more than one thing at a time. It's, and it's not that we can't, like when you think about, um, you know, we can walk and chew gum at the same time, right? But it kind of depends on, you know, the complexity of what that multitasking is. Um, you know, like when I'm, when I'm driving, you know, I can have the radio on and I can be singing and I can be going on. But if I get a call or something that comes in on top of all that stuff, and like and I'm trying to follow a GPS, it's like my brain stops. It has to focus on the conversation because I'm, I'm needing to interact mentally. Like a song singing, I've heard it a thousand times. It doesn't really bother me. But if I'm trying to follow a GPS and someone calls me, I'm like, hey, I got to call you back. I can't, I can't do both at the same time very well, especially if you're like in a big city or something. But I think it's just really important that we understand that 
yes, you can multitask, you can do different things, but you're not going to be effective if you're multitasking because you can only truly focus well, you know, like on one thing. But let me go back to this. Um, We were talking about priorities for 2024. And and until you can see that your purpose is so important that it's got to be your main priority, here's the deal. You're going to continue to get half-hearted results. You're not going to be able to be as effective as what you were created to be because we have too many distractions. So as soon as we switch from doing one thing to two things, we've now divided our attention. And here's the thing. If we add a third thing to that list, something's going to get dropped, guaranteed. Because multitasking requires so much more energy and time that you're going to get tired more quickly, and the tasks will take longer to get done, and uh, they're not going to be done to the best of your ability. Uh, Let me just look at even weightlifting, something as simple as that. That was a goal for me a few years ago. Um, I've got to put my phone down because I'm going to get distracted. I can't be looking at it for emails. I can't be looking for texts. Like I said, everything's got to be turned off. Messenger, um, you know, the television. And, and sometimes, I, like I said, I listen to motivational stuff while I'm lifting, but here's where I have to be really careful. If I start getting too involved in what I'm listening to and I start to process it, I stop lifting. And it's really important if you're really taking lifting seriously that when you're doing your reps and your sets, that you're timing them. You don't want to like have, you know, three, four, five minutes going in between sets, like you're doing curls or triceps or legs, whatever you're doing. You don't want to have a lot of time in between because you want to work the muscle. Too much time in, be- in between, it's, it's kind of defeating the purpose of what you started off with. So really, even I see guys talking in the gym all the time, you know, they're like lifting and they get into a conversation. That's part of the reason why I can't go to a gym where there's other people working out because people end up talking too much. Um, and just not really kind of getting stuff done that they want to do to, to focus on. Because again, too much time between sets decreases growth and it defeats the purpose. So let me just kind of, I'm going to, I'm not going to go too much longer with today's podcast because I really want you to think about what do you want to accomplish this year? And what are the things that have been getting in the way for you when you look back, not just the past year, but maybe it's a, it's, a, it's a neural pathway that you've done for so many years that you need to change it. You need to be more disciplined in saying, I am not going to fill in the blank because it defeats what I'm trying to do. How important is what you want to do to you enough to set those boundaries, to get disciplined enough to, to look at this year, um, next, or next year, this time, you can look back and go, man, the discipline made all the difference in the world because I set boundaries. Um, I mean, think about it. If you, if you had to have heart surgery, you know, like I had a little bit of heart stuff going on. Luckily, it wasn't any big deal. But would have I have been okay if I would have had to have gone in for surgery and that surgeon was like scrolling websites and taking calls, you know, while he's performing surgery? I mean, heck no. I mean, that surgery is so important that he has to have a plan of action. You know, he, he can't let anything take him off task during the operation. And that's how you have to treat what you do. You know, your purpose that you have was designed by the one who made everything there is. And it is so important that you need to stop and embrace that. You know, what is it that makes you come alive? What is that thing that you can't do? Or you'd find yourself curled up under an underpass somewhere because it's that thing that burns within you that, that is bringing you life. That's the thing that you put discipline to that. 
and there is absolutely nothing that you can't do. And that plan only came from the designer of the universe. He's given you a unique purpose. He's given you that specific gift. And it's so important for you to understand that he has shaped you. And I'm holding up that one finger right now for just that one thing. So what's your one thing? Well, like the old cowboy said, that's what you've got to find out. We'll see you next time.